All right. Looking at chapter 8, unto the Lord. Um, I just found out, should have known all along, probably did earlier on, but it's been busy. I just found out that we aren't in sequence. We're on week 9, but chapter 8. So somewhere along the line, we had to split a lesson into two weeks. And uh, so... um, so we still have chapter 8, chapter 9, chapter 10, and then, yes, um, there you go. And then, uh, and then we have chapter 11, 12, and 13 is all one, uh, one message. It's a short, it's the same size as each of these other chapters. We're just doing it all together. So, um, <clears throat> so, uh, that is the deal. So we're, we're beginning here in chapter 8. I'm, I'm just trying to help my wife get online here uh, so that she is uh, able to view from home. We have um, we've, we've had a very, very busy day. The children have not been uh, uh, have not been home yet. So they are uh, they're just now I dropped them off on my way here. So they have to work on homework and she's got to help them with all of that stuff. So uh, so that's why Brother Adams is back there manning the uh, the control room. So um, I can't call it the sound room because it's it's like audio, video, and just general control over everything back there. So yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Um, the the uh, the firearm holster is actually in the wall right there. You see it? Yes. Okay. All right. So yeah, you got you got full control of the facility from that location. So. Um, except I didn't leave the firearm back there, (laughs) but there, there is a magnet holster right back there in the wall. Uh, yeah, we get them. We get them. It'd be all right. Actually, we don't expect to have anybody showing up. Matter of fact, we may even, we just, you know, minimize distractions. You guys okay with this? All right. All right. If anybody needs to go out, just understand you got to unlock the door, but, um, It's raining, you know, there's a good possibility somebody may try to run in the door um, that, uh, that isn't part of the class. So, anyways, <clears throat> tonight we're looking at unto the Lord. Just a quick recap. We looked at uh, the introduction was have no fellowship with unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Chapter 1, we looked at why study music in the life of a Christian. Uh, chapter 2, we looked at new life, new music. Chapter 3, and by the way, this does not correlate with the chapters in the book, The Lord's Song, which is your homework for the class. That's the only homework, by the way, makes it real easy. Uh, except at the end, I want to give, I want you to give me a review. Uh, I want you to tell me uh, what you think went well with the class, what you think could use improvement, and uh, any comments. So that's the uh, after-action report for the military. What went well, what went bad, what could, what could be improved, and any comments. Um, so anyways, chapter four, music makes its mark. Chapter five, order in music offers harmony in life. Chapter six was music builds and music destroys. Chapter seven, we looked at music sets the mood. And now chapter eight, we're looking at unto the Lord. So last week we mentioned worldly music. Um, uh, let's not confuse the meaning rather. Uh, we were talking about, uh, Music that is worldly based on 1 John uh, 2, 15 and 16, where it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, 
The lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Um, this is not speaking of the earth. And I had to say this because I, I was actually just remembering yesterday when I was preaching to the, the, the guys there at the mission uh, for noon Bible study that sometimes we speak, uh, we speak a, a foreign language to the rest of the world around us. So uh, when we talk about the music of the world or worldly music, we're not just talking about music that happens to be on earth. We're talking about music that has to do with the system of the world. Uh, and that is um, the, um, the uh, again, what's described here in uh, 1 John chapter 2. There, all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. So now, has this worldliness always been popular in the world's music? No. No, the world's music hasn't always been worldly. It often has ended up going that way, but although it has had its place in every generation as a whole, music has not been largely corrupted until the last few generations. Okay, so we're going to look at some examples here. <clears throat> so, and I apologize as I'm, I'm looking down at my notes and trying to remember what I was thinking when I wrote them and keep it all in, you know, incongruency with this, uh, uh, with this here thing. So, um, so we're looking here at a changing sound. Um, and so I'm going to look at these, uh, these samples here and I may have to like really quickly click through all the, well, I'll just click back to the last slide and then come back to this one and, and all that. So, um, First of all, let's see here. Changing sound. Let's see. Here we go. music have did it have uh, mood producing harmony um, was the rhythm evident in the music did it seem to be worldly rhythm okay uh, just so that the audience online knows everybody says no it was fine it was just exciting you know it was an exciting pace and so on uh, we're gonna look here at another thinking about the same questions Okay. 
to take a nap. one that we listened to was uh, uh, the Cincinnati Pops Orchestra, uh, William Tell Overture, uh, Rossini, and then we listened to uh, acapella, or not acapella, sorry, capella, uh, academica, um, yeah, I can't pronounce all this stuff, but it was Mozart, there you go, uh, and then the third one was the Canadian Brass, uh, trumpet tune Clark. Um, <clears throat> and then the fourth here. Is there adequate rhythm? Bad. Bad job. It's like every time they break bangs, it's like. Oh, maybe, maybe my volume isn't right here. I think it's too Is it a pencil? Why? What's that? Because you're American. Well, this, this is a Russian wrote it. Uh, is there, there's, um, the, the reason I would say is because there's, there's proper balance throughout the piece. Um, also, the accent is on counts one and three, no backbeat. Uh, as in like rock or disco or something like that. So uh, nobody was tempted to pick cherries or anything. So um, anyway, so uh, look at one more here. Um, okay, this is uh, actually a medley of all four of those, um, but a little bit different style. <laughs> Terrible. Well, here's playing the next one. What's the point of adding that? <laughs> I 
It's like, what in the world is going on here? Some, some chaos. absurdity of the of the disco beat is it it makes an unmistakable impact on the music particularly after listening to the examples that we just you know the the, the originals uh or rather the sound of the original com compositions uh perhaps we should mention at this point that this disco example hooked on classics is what what it was uh may seem tame harmless and innocuous to some um this response comes from the fact that some, that much of the time or much of the music heard in contemporary society is dominated by rhythm. Uh, so like the, the disco sound is essentially rock in that it employs a slap like uh, heavy backbeat, which persists throughout. Um, rhythm is has become the prominent ingredient in contemporary music. The Christian community has the Christian community. Uh, has appropriated the new sound, has become hypnotized by it, and has unreservedly accepted the new rhythmatically oriented music. And in doing so, believers are unwittingly sanctioned, uh, or rather have unwittingly sanctioned and uh, the, the sensuality which is inherent in the sound. Remember, we already talked about the, the sensuality that's inherent in that sound earlier on as we kind of dissected and talked about, we're, we're good ways into this study. Uh, in fact, it's we're, we're about 10 hours into the study so far. So it's, we've talked about quite a bit. Um, <clears throat> Christians have become infatuated with it. In fact, many have uh, evidenced by the fact that, uh, that as of the writing of this, which was years ago, um, CCM was the most popular genre of music. And they say, well, how do we know? Because the people voted with their dollars. It's the most purchased genre of music. Um, <clears throat> so the death of the grown-up, Diana West uh, said, old pop was melody-driven, not beat-driven. Uh, furthermore, goes on to say, the most significant expression of youth uh, culture was and is rock and roll. After all, rock endures not simply as a broad music category, but as the inspiration or a way of life, or rather, a way to look at life. Um, <clears throat> changing sound, she continues, says, whether instrumental or vocal, the combos based their arrangements on uh, a bedrock repetitive rhythm that seemed to hypnotize the kids into one swaying, screaming mass. Swing never had the moral uh, threat, you know, swing music says never had the moral threat of rock and roll, which is founded on 
the unabashed pitch of sex. Every note and vocal nuance is aimed in that direction. Um, so you, you catch it there, you get what she's saying. Um, this, is, uh, <coughs> this is certainly what's been going on. Now, I, I will say that I don't completely agree with this concept on swing, uh, never had the moral threat. I, I think that, you know, it, it is stepping stones, yeah. So um, we're gonna talk about unto the Lord. Natural history of the senses, uh, Diane Ackerman says, uh, one's musical preferences can be willful. So as discerning people, <clears throat> Psalm 137 and uh, verses one through four says, by the rivers of Babylon, there we sat, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion. Uh, we hanged our harps upon the willows in the midst thereof. For there, they that carried us away captive required of us a song. And they that wasted us required of us mirth, saying, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? The Lord's song we have in First Chronicles 25, verse number 7. So the number of them with their brethren that were instructed... In the songs of the Lord, even all that were cunning was two hundred fourscore and eight. Now, these are the the choir here for for Israel that they were, they were uh, instructed in the Lord's or in the songs of the Lord. Second Chronicles chapter twenty nine and verse number twenty seven says, and Hezekiah commanded uh, to offer the burnt offering upon the altar. And when the burnt offering began, the song of the Lord began. Also, with the trumpets and with the instruments uh, ordained by King da or David, King of Israel. Uh, verse 8 of Psalm 42 says, yet, yet the Lord will command His loving kindness in the daytime and the night, and in the night His song shall be with me and my prayer unto the God of my life. It's the Lord's song, not for the world. By the way, before we go on, <clears throat> I want to point out, again, because we talked about it long, and lo long, long ago, music isn't for evangelism. Now, it may, it may sometimes accomplish evangelism, but it's not primarily for evangelism. It is primarily for the Lord. It is not for the world. Uh, the songs of Zion, the songs that we sing unto the Lord, the Lord's songs are not for the world. Now, it, they can be often used to reach the world, to reach folks in conviction. We allow people to come into our church services while we're singing the Lord's songs, even if they're not saved. And sometimes those songs can bring about conviction. And yes, there are some evangelistic songs. But the primary purpose of our music is for the Lord, not for the world. And in so, Christianity has tried to form an unlikely alliance. And so, uh, we're going to look at some examples here. The next set of slides are from uh, the, Christian mag the Christian Magazine Group. No, yeah, Group is the name of the mag magazine. Um, 
So <clears throat> they're going to be, it's uh, the 1990, uh, 1992 Christian music comparison chart. Now, of course, we know that that was a kind of a long time ago. Doesn't seem like so long ago for most of us. Uh, but some people watching later may say, well, you know, wow, this, that's a long time ago. I mean, just, wow, that was back in the 1900s. Um, here we are 18 years into the 2000s. And so, uh, you know, my kids, whenever I referred back to the 1900s, they're always like, whoa, that was way, that was back in olden times. I'm like, yep, olden times, the 1900s. <laughs> Right. They asked about, I went and saw my grandmother this, this morning and, and, uh, and they said, how old is she anyways? And I said, uh, she's 84. I said, wow. So she was born in the early 1900s. <laughs> I said, yep, she was born in the early 1900s and I was born in the late 1900s. <laughs> born in 1934. Uh, so <clears throat> here we see, um, it's, comparison chart here. So we're going to see some interesting things here. Uh, an expansive guide to an explosing, exploding, exploding musical. I'm, I'm slamming words together because I'm reading weird stuff. Uh, an expansive guide to an exploding musical niche that is contemporary Christian music. We often refer to it as CCM. <clears throat> and many people say, what is CCM? You know, they just don't know. They think, oh, Christian music is Christian music. No, it's not all the same. Um, so here's what they said. But one thing's for sure. With few, with few exceptions, the messages Christian bands proclaim are 100% better for kids to listen to than mainstream radio playlists. They go on. <clears throat> Uh, here to say, so how to use this chart, they say read the musical styles uh, section and find the sound you're looking for. And skim the section for the chart uh, for the artists and groups worth checking out. The category each artist is listed under represents that artist's primary sound. Uh, be aware that many artists play music that covers a variety of sounds and probably could fit in a number of sections. Another way to use the chart is to scan the mainstream comparison column. Hmm. For groups your kids listen to on mainstream radio, then find the Christian artist who uh, the Christian artists who have a similar style or sound. Many are uh, it goes, goes they go on uh, please note artists are not copycats of the secular artists. Uh, listed in this chart, many are truly original in their sound and musical styles. This chart is intended to help uh, to help you match kids' mainstream musical interests with Christian bands they'll probably like. This is not a comparative or a comprehensive chart. There is uh, says there is uh, literally hundred there are literally hundreds of CCM artists and groups out there. Some familiar, some who have never so on and so on. So are we, are we after a 100% better message or are we after the sound? Because it sounds to me 
like they're really promoting the sound of the secular artists being similar, or rather the sound of the Christian artists being similar to the secular artists. That's what they're promoting here. So, in other words, they say, if you like mainstream comparison, if you like boys to men, new kids on the block, you'll like new thing or forefront. You'll also like DC talk. And if you like Amy Grant, wait a minute, what are we looking for here? What's that? Yeah. And guess what? You like Amy Grant. <laughs> uh, exactly. It's exactly right. And then you'll like hmm. <laughs> Amy Grant. <laughs> right? This is the, the mainstream comparison. Funny how she's on both sides of the fence here. Um, yeah. Uh, so just so you know who we're talking about here, um, we've provided a few samples that I have to apologize. What's that? Yeah. Um, well, one, you know, one of them. <laughs> and he was one of her husbands. Anyways, uh, or wait, wait a minute. I don't know. Did they stay? I, I don't know any of that. I don't know. I don't know the history there at all. So, okay. Uh, so here's um, Love of Another Kind. I love you. And uh, yes, the automobile is part of the sound. I think that was enough. Fight. I don't remember if these were secular. Okay, so all this now leads to this condition. <clears throat> the separation between mainstream and Christian music is slowly disintegrating. And they say, finally, this is a quote from that same magazine. They're saying, it's finally disintegrating. What? Hmm. So, uh, again, thanks to the mainstream success of Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, BB, and CC Winnens, and Kathy Tricoli, the separation here between mainstream and, and Christian music. Th this is the rest of the quote, by the way. I, I was reading the part before the quote. Um, they go on to say the separation between mainstream and Christian music is slowly disintegrating, and then they say, finally. 
And this has grown to much greater proportion and influence. So here we look as a supplement to group there. This is an unfold uh, 26 by 39 wall poster. Um, don't read how you get that. Don't worry about it. Um, so <clears throat> says this set of four, uh, four shows excerpts, or I'm sorry, this set of four shows excerpts from uh, a more recent chart, which has grown significantly in size and detail. Uh, is Group Magazine indeed directing young people toward different, uh, a different message direction from that which is heard from the secular groups? Um, not only are the Christian performers actively pursuing <clears throat> the secular market, so-called Christian magazines promote and direct the effort by listing the names of Christian groups uh, and performers. You guys know that we use the word Christian groups lo loosely, right? I don't have to. I don't have to air quote every time I use the word Christian here. Um, <clears throat> so. Uh, they direct the effort by listing the names of these groups and performers, uh, which are similar in sound to secular groups and artists. Following are some of the titles that are shown in this supplement here. Um, so they have uh, rap stuff, rhythmic, uh, speaking over heavy bass beats. Example, Eminem, Dr. Dre. Electronic stuff, music based on synthesizers and electronic ba uh, dance beats. <clears throat> heavy stuff, dark, heavy, and pounding music that often includes screaming or hard-to-understand vocals or lyrics. Oh, sorry. I had something to read on that last one. Now, these are, uh, are sub-genres in the CCM uh, listed are in CCM listed in the insert, okay? Further, <clears throat> quote-unquote, worship stuff. Music intended to focus the listener on glorifying God. Pop stuff. Shiny, happy, danceable music about love. Examples, Britney Spears, NSYNC, Faith Hill. Urban stuff. Uh, sultry, tight harmony vocals over a uh, heavy dance or bass beat. Uh, examples, Destiny's Child, whatever that is. What is that? 112? 112? I don't know. So it's obvious from the information presented, presented that the most important ingredient is not the 100% better messages, but the sound. They're not focusing on the messages. They're focusing on the sound. That's the whole point. <clears throat> the sound is that which is relished and on which listening decisions are based. The verbal message, as we have heard from many sources and now substantiate here, even in this quote-unquote Christian magazine, uh, is secondary to the overpowering attraction of the sound. Do they know it? You think they know that that's the case? Yes. <laughs> uh, in fact, here we have <clears throat> a specific statement. 
the message is in the music. Hmm. What is the message? Well, the arts. The kids are all right. They say classics. Generation. Okay, hold on before we get to that. Um, Newsweek had an interesting article um, in the, quote, arts section um, on page 56 in their uh, May 2000, I'm sorry, not 2000, in their May 1994 issue uh, with the title, The Kids Are All Right. Uh, to what did the authors of this title attribute these two entertainers, uh, quote-unquote entertainers, uh, newly found success? What did they, what did they uh, attribute these two entertainers? Who are these entertainers? Yes, Johnny Cash and Tony Bennett. says, Generation X falls for however you say that word that starts with uh, sexagenarians. There you go. Uh, something like generation or gen, gen, I don't know. I don't know. What? There you go. Sex symbols of their time. There you go. Of that generation, probably. Yes. Um, so <clears throat> this guy here and that guy there, right? Both are appealing to a generation fed up with spectacle. Hmm. Even AARP cover has the guy on there. Um, I had to make that cover bigger to cover what should have been covered. So... <clears throat> That was 2007 there. The world has rejected the spectacle. <clears throat> Who has embraced it? Yeah. This is uh, Amberlin. Or Ann, Amberlin, yeah, Amberlin. Uh, and Leland. I think these are supposedly uh, Christian groups or something. Doesn't this doesn't this look maybe like a spectacle? Like what they're talking about? Where does that spectacle thrive? There's an example, another example, skillet. What in the world kind of name is that? That's what you use to cook eggs, right? <clears throat> they say with a bold call to action, skillet unleashes its latest rage against the machine. I don't know. But they're all CCM. What's that? A whole other way? Yeah. A whole other band, exactly, yes. Uh, <clears throat> so there you go. This is all CCM. Where is the spectacle still heavy, heavy, I'm sorry, healthy and alive? I don't know about healthy, but quote unquote alive and well in CCM. More spectacle. Family Force 5. Here's your spectacle here. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Family Force 5 voted best artist, best band, best live performance. CCM Magazine, January 2008. Yes, I know that was 10 years ago, but 
not much, uh, not much has, I, I want to say not much has changed, but it, it has changed a little bit more for the worse. Uh, but anyways, in fact, in, in a lot of cases you have, uh, you have lots of quote unquote Christian folk or, or even really Christian folk that are just not taught that listen to worldly secular music and don't think it's wrong. Uh, the purpose of music then in the word <clears throat> what do we have over and over and over again in the word of God. Um, so, uh, I was just looking at a note that I had here. Um, wow. We are actually getting pretty close to the end of this lesson today. Um, so, how long is your message? You don't know? Okay. All right. Well, we'll just give you guys the time during that. That's fine. Okay. So, and actually, we're going to have to retitle the next class. It'll be, it, and we'll un, we won't uh, stream, well, we'll stream it live, but by invitation only. So that way you guys can critique yourselves later. Um, so what do we have in the, in the word of God? Over and over again, you know, Psalm, all these verses here are, all of these are from various verses in the Bible. Psalm uh, 96, 2, unto thee. Psalm 20, 21, 13, Isaiah 42, 10, Romans 15, 9, Acts uh, 16, 25, and on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Over and over and over again, we have unto thee, O Lord, will I sing, right? Unto God, to my God, unto him, sing praises to God, unto Thy name, uh, praise Thy power unto the Lord. That's what music's for, the purpose, according to the Word of God. For of Him and through Him and to Him are all things to whom be glory forever. So, <clears throat> the purpose for music now in the church. Um. So here in a summary from about Chris, or what about Christian rock? Here's what they have. This is and now by the way, quote unquote in the church. This isn't in our church, all right. This is uh, this is a of course from a perspective that, um, you know, uh, yeah. This is this is uh, from a perspective of of. Uh, you know, in this is music now in Christianity, we'll say. So the goals mentioned, this isn't a percentage chart. This is, a you know, it's number of times that this is the goal. And the, the groups say, when they say, what are your goals? And they say, uh, 66 times evangelism, hope and encouragement, 28 times, uh, communicate God. To someone, that's again kind of evangelism in a sense, sixteen times. So you could add that to the sixty-six. Discipleship and commitment, fifteen times. Positive influence, eleven times. Speak to contemporary issues, eleven times. Praise, three times. Too nebulous to put in a category, twenty-eight times. Use scripture, one time. One time. In in an interview, there. This is interviewing multiple different folk, okay? 
Uh, I don't know if you guys know who this guy is, Steve Taylor. Um, me neither. So there he is then, uh, contemporary Christian music. This was 1994, February 1994, uh, the world according to Steve Taylor. Hmm. What did he say? Changing young people to develop a worldview, to question authority, and start using their own minds. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds like rebellion. Um, what's he say now? Well, let's first look what he looks like. He's improved quite a bit, right? No. <laughs> I don't want to just pick on how he looks, okay? But he's he's purporting an image here. He's he's trying to trying to put an image out, okay? There's a reason that he looks the way that he looks. It's not I'm not just picking on his looks. He's he's presenting himself in a manner. But what he says now, or quote unquote now, this is 2005, uh, ten years later, uh, yet. 13 years ago, working as producer, songwriter, and or music video director uh, for the likes of Newsboys, Twyla Ferris, uh, Rich Mullins, Michael W. Smith, right? This is, this is him, what he's doing now, or rather at that time, but this was his point. And then people say, oh, I like Michael W. Smith. His stuff's tame, but he's his producer. And yes, some of his stuff is pretty tame. But I'm not telling you to go listen to the guy. The, the, the reason, the problem with it is he's in that style, in that genre. And if I recommend, if I say, oh, you know, he's, he's got a couple of good songs, and then you guys go out and you're like, oh, let's figure out which ones they are. And then you go listen to all his junk and, you know, you find where he's connected with this person and that person, and now you're connecting over here and you're connecting over there. Next thing you know, you got both feet in, and uh, and you yeah, and you come to church looking like that. You walk in the door like this, whatever that is he's doing there with his hand there. Uh, like, wait a minute, Pastor. It looks like he's doing that. Yeah, uh, is that what he's doing? No, he's just kind of like he's kind of like this. There's pinkies out there. It's kind of like that, yeah. Yeah, the, the trim's in the way. You can't really tell. All right. Praise unto God, uh, or rather praise uh, unto the Lord is good. Sorry. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto the name, unto thy name, O Most High. So we have... Right? Our God is good. Amen. He gives us joy through praise. Uh, it is good for His creation emotionally. Right? <clears throat> You're having a bad day, frustrated, difficult. Sing! Does it change anything? Yeah. You know, it's sometimes hard to do that, isn't it? Yeah. I've gotten in, in I've gotten a habit of when I'm, when I'm, mulling over something or something's eating at me, so to speak, uh, or something is, uh, you know, just, just, uh, wearing on me or, or whatever, or I'm, I'm in a real tense kind of situation. My wife always catches me. She says, you even whistle when you're, when you're frustrated, got a song in my heart, you know? And if I stop 
thinking about what I'm frustrated about and think about what in the world I'm whistling at the moment. I just kind of smile and say, well, praise the Lord. <laughs> you know, it, it's good. Good music, praise unto God. It's good. It's good. It's good to remember. Like oftentimes, uh, you know, when I'm doing the, the, the bus route or whatever, well, back when we did that, uh, or when I'm driving to pick up families or whatever, uh, I'll, I'll whistle, uh, uh, what is that song? My kids aren't here. So what's that? No, no, not whistling Dixie. No, no, no. I'll be whistling, uh, uh, blessed assurance. Right. And then I start thinking about, then I, I catch myself whistling and I'm like, yeah, blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory. I'm like, woo, yes. I'm just, it did something for me emotionally, right? Because it's reminding me that I have blessed assurance, uh, right? Uh, oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. No, I'm not just whistling Dixie. That's right. <laughs> um, it's a good testimony. It's a good testimony. I've had people ask me, "What are you? You're always whistling. What are you whistling over there?" I'm whistling hymns, like hymns. We, you know, and I'll and I'll tell them the words to the song I'm whistling. And guess what just happened? What's that? Yeah, <laughs> hymns so good. Yes, yeah, right. And then I and then I start preaching to them in song, or in in song lyrics, right? And I start telling them about what's that? Got them corner. They asked. They asked. They said, "Where are you whistling over there?" Oh, let me tell you what I'm whistling here. I'm whistling about my blessed assurance, about my blessed Redeemer. Let me tell you what I'm whistling about. You know, and uh, you know what? Sometimes, you know, brothers and sisters are led to do the same thing. Right? We get the opportunity. We we have this, uh, uh, you know, the, the, that joy that. Uh, um, it just it just rubs off, or rather, it kind of spills over, right? It spills over onto somebody else, and they're like, "Hey, he's right," you know. Or you you just the the the, the joyfulness. Now, you may not have the same whatever's going on in my heart, you know, but you might be like, "Well, wait a minute," you know. He's got yeah. You know, there's there's something something's what's gotten into him. He's happy about something. Right, I'm humming or whistling or, or just <clears throat> praising the Lord, and what does it do? It's it's going to give us joy. It's going to affect us emotionally. It's going to be a good testimony, and it's, it's going to just it's going to spill out onto others, and they they just think about those things. And so, I can't believe that this chapter was so short. <laughs> um, so, chapter nine, I'll bet you, is really long. So next uh, next week, Lord willing, we're going to look at instruments of praise. Uh, so now, what's that? What? Song did it to you? Oh, shed light on you. <laughs> Amen. That that light back there is is it's yeah it's it's really doesn't have a purpose except to play around with it. Amen. All right. Well, let's go ahead and close in prayer. You can go ahead and uh, stop up the stream, and there we go.